Welcome to another edition of LevyCast. And these have been, I've actually really had fun with these LevyCasts because, again, this podcast was started out by me trying to just have fun and not do anything that was timely. And then we found ourselves in a quarantine and now everything's been timely, which kind of sucks. So I apologize to everybody out there who was misled by this podcast. But I think they've been a lot of fun because we've been covering. The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. Well, let's face it, it's not a Bulls documentary. It was a Michael Jordan documentary. And the two people that I have, which I think I'm just going to continue with the podcast because they make me laugh the most, from WGN and Fan Sided, Mark Carmen. Hello, Dan. From 670 of the Score, Chicago Bears sideline reporter, and just a bang up of a good friend, Mark Grody. I'm a banger. Let me ask you guys this. Which one of you guys cried more? The fact that it was over for Carmen or the fact that Grody got to hear Pearl Jam while they ended it? Oh, my God. Present tense. Eddie Vedder's voice slowly worked in there. I was overcome because it's two of my greatest loves of the 90s, Michael Jordan and Pearl Jam, hitting the scene. So, oh, yeah, the gentleness of present tense. Did you cry? No. I, I, I don't. Or did it I don't just think I was going to cry, but I, I got to be honest with you. I felt numb. I felt empty. I I don't know. Like our little diversion had come to a close in one of the grandest decades of, of my life being revisited and pop cultural icons coming together at once. So I didn't really know what to do or feel. Carm, you cried, didn't you? I cried all 10 episodes, Dan. Did you, know, you really? You cried all 10 episodes? No. I mean, Dan, I sat there. I had to have a box of kleenex for the whole thing i cried in episode one in the first segment i'm like what the hell's going on here i did not expect that coming at all and when i say cry you know it's just a a feeling of emotion a slight tear to the eye last night was when you bust out ann kerr and steve's talking about his dad that was that i'll even say that was that was hard to watch that was hard to watch that was amazing and it was a little this is going to be really off right now, but like I thought that they sort of gave Steve Kerr a more prominent role in the whole doc that he deserves, partly because he's Steve Kerr and he's friendly media guy and he's, you know, golden state and all that. But that was a phenomenal story. And uh, of course I had known about his father, but I had never heard the exact story of how, you know, it all went down and um, just, uh, Really, really great stuff. Dude, you are so right. I felt like a bad guy because, of course, that was a great story. Anytime you can bring somebody to tears in any situation, that just automatically makes it great. But there was, honestly, this is what went through my brain. They're going to go this in-depth on Steve Kerr, a deep dive. And they still never mention the name Hugh Hollins in one sentence. <laughs> right. I mean, you could have done – I would love a whole episode on Ron Harper. Give me Cleveland Cavaliers Ron Harper. Tore his knee up. Would have been on par with some of the great players in the history of the game, Ron Harper. Lakers Ron Harper. We're going deep dive on Steve Kerr. Uh, hello. I could have got a full five-part documentary starting now on who the hell Slim Buller really is, let alone <laughs> Steve Kerr. And in fact, in the, to even to, I think the only reason they even had Steve Kerr so prominent was because he's the only relevant person that people that are the younger generation even knows about. They know Steve Kerr because of the the Golden State Warriors. That's why he's wearing a Golden State Warrior shirt. It's not as if he was wearing like a regular polo. And the fact that he was mentioned in the ending credits that he was traded is like, Steve Kerr? We actually care what happened to Steve Kerr? I mean, 
Judd Bushler, I think, was on the same level. I mean, when you think about that lower tier of those 90s Bulls, you're thinking Steve Kerr, unfortunately, my buddy Bill Weddington, Judd Bushler, you know, maybe he, even he was, Jack uh, Haley. Yeah, he, Dan, he was, a, he was a, like, I'm not saying way up from those guys, but he was a notch up from those guys. He he, was I, would, like you're right, I would say middle tier, middle tier. We're, we're talking I mean, middle he, tier. He hit one of the biggest shots in game six as they, as they outlined last night and Kerr was one of their like they didn't have three-point shooters in that version of the NBA and Steve Kerr was a key component too but I I, I mean I'm kind of I'm, I'm getting a little bit too specific here because I, I mostly agree with you that it was like like Steve Kerr's a good talker he's a golden child and you're spot on Dan Levy that yes he gets the benefit of being the Golden State Warriors head coach and people liking him and just kind of being a he was a go-to guy for the media back then as well. So, yeah, he, he kind of cheated a little bit to move his way up the totem pole, I thought. I, I had also forgotten how big he played in Game 7 against Indiana. I mean, they were scuffling to score, and Kerr had some big shots in that game. I mean, Reggie Miller called it the biggest shot of the game. So, that uh, he had he had use, man. There's, there's no doubt about it. They needed him at different points in time. So, not trying to take everything away from 25. He, he, he contributed, there's no doubt, to the, to the – uh, last three titles i i would also say this out of the indiana pacers of that team played in today's game they would be the most entertaining team of all time because reggie miller is fantastic and jalen rose is fantastic and mark jackson is good so they would have been fantastic for the media and they would have been the best press conferences we've ever had that was a great team i i, I don't know if i dis uh, uh disagree necessarily with reggie miller was saying that they they may have been pound for pound a better team. I mean, you didn't even mention Chris Mullen. I was going to say, Davis, you for, I forgot the, the that they had Chris brothers. Mullen. I forgot yeah, they had Chris brothers. Mullen. Right, and Dave, the Davis brothers, one of whom ended up on the Bulls later in his career. I mean, that was a that was a badass, deep, talented team, and it you know it played out in game. Obviously, having stretched the Bulls to Game Seven, right, Carm? Uh, yeah, I'm quibbling. I, I, to me, the Knicks were much scarier. Bulls were down 2-0 in 93. I mean, Indiana in that series, the Bulls should have won game three, could have won game four. Reggie Miller's crashing into Jordan. They're missing free throws. But that being said, you know, and I was just sitting there scratching my head like, really, Michael, you think Indiana was tougher than New York? But maybe they were tougher in a sense that the team was older at that point and it was harder for them to get through. But I don't know, man. You're down 2-0. You had to pull off a borderline miraculous win in Game 5. Charles Smith, four chances at it. That Knicks team was something. Yeah, but I think he was also saying, like, you know, the Pacers never really got to that level. He knew how to play the Knicks because the Knicks were just going to try to be physical, but he could outplay them. And Reggie Miller actually had decent skill. And they actually had guys that were just as big that could match up with their big guys. And I think that's what he was saying, like, you know, this is – just a different kind of game. But it is kind of funny. I mean, imagine again today's media of Michael Jordan saying this is just a bump in the road. I'm not I'm not worried about these guys. Yeah, you know, Indiana had the annoying factor too. I mean, they had obviously Reggie Miller, like he in terms of annoying I think it's probably some of Reggie Miller's annoyance is not just because he was so damn good and he could shoot from anywhere on the floor. It was the way he looked. Like he's just a little pit squeak <laughs> of a guy, skin and bones, his bald head, like he didn't even he didn't look healthy. And then he's like gnawing on guys and trash talking and getting in your skin. And by and far, and by far, for what kind of great? I, I find it weird that in terms of like the greatest shooters of all time, two of them, Larry Bird and Reggie Miller, have probably 
some of the worst shooting forms I've ever seen. Whatever Reggie Miller did at the end of his hands where it like crisscrosses at the end is an ugly shot, and he made like every one of them. How dare you say Larry Bird's shot was Larry yeah, Bird's was like behind the head. Larry Bird's like behind the head, flip it over. I mean, I, I think Pounder about it. Except for Michael Jordan, who Michael Jordan did everything perfect. But if we're gonna go pure shooter, pure form, if I were to if I were to say DJ, you need to study one my son DJ, you need to study one way that one person shoots that basketball, Ray Allen all day long. I give you that, but I I don't think Larry I Honestly, neither of those two guys that you outlined and step jumps out at me as bad form. Neither Reggie Miller nor Reggie. Nor well, Larry Reggie Miller's Bird. got that weird like crossover arm thing going on. And again, if you look at Larry Bird, like his, the ball goes behind his head and then it like flips it up. Again, yeah, these guys are the, these are the greatest shooters of all time. But in terms of form, if I'm teaching my son. Here's what I want you to perfect. It's neither of those two. Dan Levy's all about form. I, I, Except for my own. You do have great form, Dan Levy. And, uh, what I if I told me. you that Larry Bird and Reggie Miller, <laughs> two of the greatest three-point shooters of all time, had the ugliest-looking form to ever be in the professional basketball, National Basketball Association? In fact, my shooting form is almost better than theirs. What if what I if told I you told that? You- that for the second week in a row, play the music. Oh, what if, what if I told you that for the second straight week, Dan Levy is out of his fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was a sane podcast, Mark, it wouldn't be the Levy cast. Dan, it would be the it would be the Whitney City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why you got to go on my podcast, bro? Strong podcast hey. this week. You gonna, you're, are you going to complain that I had Tom Doran there and I should have had you? You had Tom Doran? <laughs> yes. I, you, you know what? Does my na- does, has my name been deleted off your off your phone? I mean, Tom Doran made an appearance? Do you hear the things that you say? Oh. I can't put this stuff on the Windy City. Oh. God, the Windy City podcast. Oh. Mark, hey, Grody, Grody, what if I told like- you that I would have a podcast that would prominently feature our good friend, Soldier in Arm, Mark Carmen, and make him sound funny and have personality? Then he would then have his own podcast, and he would invite people off the street to be featured on that podcast. Not his friend Dan, who just sits I, in the waiting wings. I think I think you guys waiting for a friend. To, you, you guys both need to be more original, like me, and have a podcast called "Let Me Put a List Together," where you make lists. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a podcast. I just don't, you know, we got to figure out the angle with you, Dan. I mean, I don't even know what to like. What the angle, the yeah. angle, Mark. If you haven't learned anything from me, I'm a chameleon. I can do it all when it comes to the radio. <laughs> I can make it. I can make it sound like I know a lot. Let's Slim talk. Buller. Let's talk. Slim Buller. chicken. Let's get. <laughs> hey, I am. I am what they call a man who knows a lot about a little things or a little about everything. I'm not a jack of one trade, Mister Carmen. I know. Uh, I, I know enough to have that conversation with anybody. And still. You are. Hold, Dan, hold the play, conversation. The, play the music for me. Play the music for me real quick. You got it. <laughs> what if I told you I want to circle this back to the Bulls? And before, before we forget, I wanted to say this. The end of the show last night was haunting, haunting 
Jordan would have come back. It pissed him off to leave at the peak of the powers. I felt, I felt fear. Carmen, what did you feel at the end? I felt sick. I felt like I've always contended that the dude wanted to keep playing and everything. No, no, he was done. He was emotionally spent. He had nothing left to give. It was over. No, I'm with you. I'm no, with you. Although, no, allow, me, allow me to play a devil's advocate for you guys. No. Oh, God. no. Let, me no. Play, let me play the devil's advocate because I, no. I took it two ways. <laughs> no. I took it two ways. Let's hear it. Let's hear your ways. Okay, the very end of it, if you actually paid attention, which I'm sure by then you guys were choking up on your tears and just rubbing your eyes with Jordan posters. Here comes attention span levy. Jerry Reinsdorf said at the end, he told Phil Jackson, let's do it for one more year. Mm -hmm. Phil Jackson said, no, I don't want to. Uh So that totally takes away the entire thing because the offer was made to Phil Jackson and Phil Jackson was the person that this all weighed in on. And Jordan said, I don't want to play for anybody else. I want to play for him. Well, he said no to the deal. Dan, play the music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what if I told you, Dan, that Michael Jordan is not Phil Jackson and is his own person? And there are Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm not other I'm not interrupting coaches, you. Let the song go. Other coaches who coach basketball that Michael could have handpicked, like Doug Collins, or Bill Cartwright, or Frank Hamlin, or one of those security guards. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone. <laughs> Come okay, on, but he, man, but no, 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 no. Play. But he said, I don't, don't want to play for anybody but Phil. So and what? What, what, what if I told you, Dan, that... If, if Phil Jackson had truly felt wanted, if it wasn't just a blow-off offer from Jerry Reinsdorf, Phil Jackson would have come back. He would have come back if, if Jerry Krause wasn't there. He didn't want to deal you guys, with Krause again you guys, for another year. You guys, it was over. It was over. Phil Jackson was tired. May, Michael Jordan, may, Michael Jordan, at fifty-six years old, can look back and say, "I wanted it again." He was tired. He was hey, done. Dan. Hey, he Dan. was done. He needed a couple May- years off because then he went right back to Washington, no problem. I mean, come yeah, on. Exactly. He played three years freaking later. I know. He, just got, he, he needed he the time did. off. He needed the time off. The dude no, was spent. He was no, spent. He, he was done. Get over it. He was done. He was done. So you're, calling, you're calling Jordan a liar then when he said last night, Dan Levy calling Michael Jordan a liar because Jordan said he would have come back last night. So you say he's a liar. What so if I told you that the greatest <laughs> athlete of all time – Made one heck of a documentary, but was actually full of shit. This wow. Sunday, in episodes Blasphemy. 11 and 12 of The Last Dance, Dan <laughs> Levy will I break down. Mark, if this Mark, if, if we're going to continue this podcast and you're ruined about me right now, I don't know how much further we're going to go, because I got a lot more further down to go, buddy. Hey, Dan. Yes? Can I ask you a question? You may. Uh, did I did I did I make Grody leave? Is he there? I'm no, here. I, okay. Uh, my, my my question is this, Dan. What if I agreed with you and said, okay, that's fine. 
they wouldn't have won in 99. Great. I don't agree, but let's just say for... Uh, no, I think they, they, they definitely would have won a 99 half season, yes. That, that, that would have been no problem. Then the, the 27 and 23... New York Knicks of 99 made it to the finals against San Antonio. No, I I, I would agree with you. I, I would agree that a Marcus Camby led New York Knicks team and who they have Latrell Sprewell and Larry Johnson. They would have gotten smoked by the Bulls, especially if they would have had that much time off. They were the eight seed who upset one seed Miami. The, they, but then they, the next year against Shaq, Kobe and that different Lakers squad. Okay. Okay. And so, the, so how about that? Then they lose whatever. I don't care. He, he, it would have been fine for me if he was just enjoying playing, lost in the first round of the playoffs, second round of playoffs, third round, whatever it would have been. See, I don't like, think I, – I, I honestly, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, and believe me, I am a Michael Jordan fan. As much as I play devil's advocate on this, and I, and I will sometimes like to stir the pot, I'm what you would like to call a troll. I like to make people angry and upset because it makes me entertained, and I do it a lot with Grody and Carmen, and it makes me laugh a lot. I actually am a big Michael Jordan fan, and I don't think I would have wanted to see him lose. All right, I'll be okay. the honest one. I'll be the honest. I don't. I did not want to see him go for seven. I, I did not I, want to. I did not want to see Superman actually go downhill. It made me sick to watch Magic Johnson come back when he was HIV positive and he was a power forward, and and that was it. It was horrible to watch Kobe Bryant in the last couple of years of his career it was, when he was done. He scored sixty in his final. That was game. his final year, but they couldn't even make. It's, it's because they didn't even make the playoffs. It, it was it was hard to watch. Year. Kobe was Kobe was cooked. It was it was it was hard to watch that. I'm glad that Michael Jordan, the last Bulls memory I have of him, is that shot. And when I watch highlights yeah. of him in DC. It it is it's almost like it was that season was played for me. I got to watch just how fundamentally sound he was. You knew the team wasn't going to go anywhere, <laughs> but you saw Jordan was going to do some awesome stuff on his own. It had nothing to do with the team, and he ruined a couple of careers over in uh in uh for the for the Wizards. So that was kind of funny to watch him crush Kwame Brown and Rip Hamilton and all those guys. It was fun to watch that, but it, it, you know it's, it it would have been hard for me to see him in a Bulls uniform and watching guys that you know. Jordan could have smoked and get beaten by. I'm glad. Yeah, I got. I understand the spirit of what you're discussing, and it's admirable. However, I'm just telling you, you would not have remembered. The, you would have remembered the bad stuff, but it would have been like a tiny. It's it's like thinking about Jordan playing with the Wizards now. It's the tiniest, most forgettable footnote in Jordan's life. He we all. He's our hero, and he sucked. He was he was this, uh, you know a shell of himself. With the Wizards, even though he still scored, I was going to say he was, he was still was, like a top 10, 15 player. I mean, no, he was still he was he was, but he he was not high flying. Exactly, was, it was not not as interesting. And to like watch, and like so. and, and even he even mentioned he goes, we would have had to talk Scotty Pippen into it. Hell yeah, you would have. Scotty Pippen was still pretty mad and wanted to get paid. I don't think he would have came back for that one year. He was pretty by then. Scotty Pippen was like, I want to go somewhere else and I want to be the man. I mean, by then Scotty was ready to go to Portland. And win a title without Michael Jordan. I think at that point he was ready for his own new thing. So I think even he said, you know, this is the last dance. So I mean, I, I think hey, it was. I think it was over whether or not Jerry Krause pulled that plug. In my opinion. Hey Dan, what if I told you? Hold on. It, you can't just swing <laughs> up like that and not have you play. Yeah, yeah, don't just start shouting stuff out, Carmen. Yeah, all right, here we go. Hey Dan. Yes. What if I told you? In 1998, <laughs> instead of drafting Corey Benjamin, number 28, Bull, the Bulls had taken Rashard Lewis, oh. who went number 32. And hey, Dan. Yes. What have I told you? In 1997, instead of drafting Keith Booth, 
at number Whoa. 20, Keith Booth, Dan, Ugh. that they picked Steven Jackson. Went ten picks later in the second round. And I will. Dan, I would. I would. I would actually. I would actually tell you this. What if there was yeah. a bull? What if there was a Bulls team that left, and it actually featured, and they kept it: Elton Brand, Ron Artest, and Jalen Rose. Not you can't have Rose because they got Rose for Artest and Miller, but they were on their way when they had Artest. But Artest, when they when they, they traded Elton Brand after that, when just to get Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. I was like, oh, but I thought the Elton Brand was one of the better pickups they ever had. I loved Elton Brand. One of the better pickups they've ever had. One of the better draft picks. One of the better draft picks. I loved Elton pickups. Brand. He he's was a, a 2010 pick. pick. <laughs> he's a, Dan? He's a pickup. Hey, Dan. <laughs> I, uh, it was a slip of the word. Slip of the word. <laughs> they picked him up. Off the street. <laughs> hey, Dan. Hey, Mark. <laughs> Do you... What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I loved Elton Brand. What did you love about him? He was a twenty ten player. Uh, okay, he was a twenty and ten. Hey Dan. Hey Mark. Yeah, uh, they drafted Brand in, in what year? I think it was ninety nine or two thousand. Right, ninety nine. They uh, well, it was the, the uh, I'm sorry, Dan. This is my fault now. But the, it was the ninety nine two thousand draft. They <laughs> excuse me, Dan. They went from 13 and 37, a win percentage of 26 percent, to 17 and 65 with Elton Brand, a 207. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa You're whoa, actually whoa, blaming whoa. that season on Elton Brand, not that their coach was. Well, I don't know. Tim fucking Floyd. Greatest, if this was the greatest pick in Bulls history, <laughs> I did not. Whoa, whoa! I didn't say that was their greatest pick. I said I really liked that pick. Okay, hey Dan, the next year after hey, his Mark. rookie year. When he really got involved, they went from seventeen and sixty-five to fifteen and sixty-seven. Dan. Ooh, 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 okay, ooh. but again, you're only bla- you're blaming Elton Brand and not that Bulls team that was led by Tim Floyd. How did they do with uh, Tyson Chandler and Eddie Curry? Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Mark. While you sit in your car and you rattle off stats. How did how did Tyson Chandler do? When Eddie Curry gained about nine hundred pounds, how did he do? Dan, did Elton Brand become an all star on his own? I think he did. I think he did. What have I told you that Elton Brand would have been a good keeper? Hey Mark, hey Dan, hey Carm, Dan, hey Carm, you got any gum? Carm, you got any gum? What? <laughs> you got any gum, Carm? <laughs> hey, Carm, you got any gum? Are you, mocking, you got any gum? Mocking, are you mocking my non-fresh breath? I'm, I'm just knocking everything that is a Mark Carmen. But like I said, I digress. Uh, I still think that I still think that if we bring him back to the Jordan, I still think he was done. I still think that he's just the scapegoat of um, Phil Jackson. Dan. Mark. He came back three years later for the Washington effing Wizards. Right. He, he wasn't. He still had the desire to play. He just got in his own way. He should have. Look, maybe I would have signed Pippen to a long-term deal, and I would have brought in. A, I would have. I would have brought in a different coach. 
Hey, Dorfman. Yeah, hello. Do yourself a favor and turn off your fucking television <laughs> and any radio <laughs> and yeah, anything you're ever going to do. I thought you called you me just called Dan Dorfman in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> I was hoping to bring him in. I was hoping to bring him in silently. No, truth to be told, I was listening to the Tom Smithberg interview today on the score. Hey, Dorf, remember what I remember what I said? You just talk when I talk to you. (laughs) Hey, Dan, Dan. Yes. Sorry, that's a that was what Carmen was doing to me earlier. Okay. (laughs) Carmen and uh, Dan have been going at it hardcore here, Dorfman, on the topic of whether or not. The Bulls should have gotten back together in 99. Levy says no. Carmen says yes. I agree with Carmen. Where do you stand? I agree with Levy. <laughs> that club was done. What Sorry. if I told you guys yeah. that I would have to bring in another Dan to take on two marks, <laughs> both of which claim to be very credible in the sports industry, have really just smoked a lot of crack in their lives. And on this episode of 30 for 30, I'm going to get screamed at by Mark Carmen for no reason at all. He brought up <laughs> stats of Elton Brand that nobody should actually know unless they're sitting on their phone Googling it all day. So for that, Mark Carmen, you get points taken away. And I welcome in another Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this podcast. Thank you very much. A celebrated journalist and a Dan who agrees with the Dan. Right. Dan Norfin. Right. Hi, Dan. Hi. Hello, Dan. Hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. Hi, Dan. What's up, Dan? Hey. How about this? Two Dans and two Marks. This is not going to be confusing for the listeners at all. <laughs> well, we're going to refer to him as Dorfman. Grody's okay. going to be Grody, and Carmen's going to be Mark. Mark. <laughs> all right. So, Dorfman, we're going to get. We're going to call this the speed round with you. Yes, sir. You got a couple of stories, and you got things to get off your your uh, mind, which is fine. You're going to go. I'm going to let you go. When I'm done with said story, and we got to move on because I got to get moving, you'll hear this. (laughs) When you hear that, you go to the next topic. Are we good? Okay. What a sound effect. All right, Dorf. Three, two, one. Give Give me a Jerry Krause story. Okay, we all remember when, he kicked, <laughs> when Dennis Rodman kicked the courtside photographer in January of 1997, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, next day, sent up to practice. At that time, I was what's called stringing, or people might know, freelancing for the New York Times. Yes. And I'm standing at the Birdo Center, and the, at that time, it, was, it, it, it changed over years, but at that time, you could just, there were certain places you could walk pretty much anywhere, but you couldn't walk behind. There's a dividing curtain half open. Which was Ed Sherman so, there? What's up? <laughs> Ed Sherman. Was there an Ed, Ed, was there an Ed was Sherman no. sighting was the question. No, 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 no. Ed Sherman not there that day. Uh, Where was he? Where was he? I No. <laughs> Uh, Terry All right, and now with that story. Palmer had not even gone back from Minneapolis yet. All right, Dorf, get, get to the meat of it. Get to the meat of it. And, anyway, what was Armour doing taking so long to get back from Mini? I have no idea. Uh, it would be kind of hard to ask him now anyway. Um, That's true. R.I.P. Love but, Terry Armour. Yeah, no, so did I. So, nice yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, very quickly... I looked behind the curtain. It was not one even look behind. It was just like half open. I just didn't see if anyone was coming or going. Krauss walked out right at that point and barks at me. If I see you look behind that curtain again, I'll chop your fucking head off. Whoa! (laughs) He actually said that? 
Yeah, he actually <laughs> said that. What did you say? I he he walked right by me, and I was just so stunned. And I, I, he was talking to me. Mark Silverman uh, was there as well. And Sylvie was there. Yes. Wait, Sylvie actually saw him come up to you and say, "I will chop your fucking head off." No, no, Krause said that. Yeah. No, I mean, J- J- Mark Silverman was there to see Jerry Krause say that to you. Yes, yeah, Silverman was there too. Yeah, it, it, there was whole, Fred Huber reported on. What if I told you guys? <laughs> what if I told you guys? The two prominent general managers in sports have come up to a Dan each and threatened to take their lives for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, you're in right. In the last podcast, I had Bob Murray threaten to break every bone in my body. This podcast, Dan Dorfman had Jerry Krause offer to take off his head. Dan, you and I do not belong in locker rooms or any place where there's actual media presentation. Well, anyway, um, so at this point, I'm getting a little nervous because Jay Mariotti decides to put the whole thing in his column. Ooh. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Up a notch. And thankfully, the New York Times sports editor went, uh, thought the whole uh, incident was funny. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Which it was. Yeah. Well, That's outstanding. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so that and it was just it was a bizarre experience. He I went back up there the next day when Kraus addressed her and, and after the league and announced the suspension. Kraus apparently went on the score that afterward and Mike North and Dan Jiggett asked him about it. I was just told about the second hand. And he wow. said, well, you know, he's looking someplace he shouldn't have been. But uh it was what I said was totally inappropriate, totally uncalled for, and I sent the media guys to apologize. Well, nobody ever sent, came down to apologize for me. But uh, hey, yeah, man, I feel was, you. I feel you. These guys, they don't like us, man. Dan's don't yeah. do well in locker rooms. Yeah, but uh, anyway, that was that was one experience. And then all right, Dan, years, Dan, yes, sir. Next story. <laughs> next story. <laughs> next story. Um, and uh, next story. In April 2007, I'm working part time for a paper based out of Crystal Lake, and I'm covering a White Sox game one night. And Kraus is in the press box. At this point, he's a scout either for the Mets or the Yankees, right, guys? Yes. Uh, yeah, Mets. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sitting and he's standing there talking with. Uh, Di- with Bruce Levine, and the, the and it was like it was open. And for those of you who don't remember, David Halberstam, who was one of the great, very acclaimed journalists um, in the uh, 20th century. Go on. Anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to be respectful for a man who was killed in a car accident. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. I can't have you telling stories about people getting killed. Come on here. Oh, no, no, no. Like, Come no, on, Dan, 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 Dan. Nobody yeah, needs no, to hear no. that. Just give me the fucking story. Let me finish the story. Dan, Just give Dan, me the Dan. story. Stop, stop talking about people dying. Come on. No, no. Halberstam wrote a book about the Bulls in the late 90s. All right, come on. He had Get to just it. been killed in a car. So I what? asked Krause. He's dead? Yes. Oh, I God. had asked Kraus about, wait, what do you think of Jer- uh, David Halberstam? And he goes, well, you know, he, you know, I don't have anything good to say. What he wrote about Vietnam was fine. Halberstam chronicled a lot about Vietnam and what was really going on there. But what he wrote about me was, it was, made me look bad. Phil set me up. It was so bizarre. And then, like, five minutes later, he comes up to me and goes, Young fella? That was totally off the record. Totally wow. off the record. Yeah. Well, you just, put, yeah. you just put something on the record of a dying man's wish. Yeah. All right, Danny, you got anything else for me? 
Um, well, I will say that um, what was my other experience? The first time I actually dealt with Jerry Cross was actually my first time in the United Center as a and, uh, when the Jordan rumors started coming uh, back in um, in uh, 1995, and uh, being young, dumb, and stupid being it helps you in this business occasionally. And without any warning, I just kind of showed up at the United Center and and the gate three and a half that they showed last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Tim Hallam said, "Oh, you're with the New York Times. Go on in." And, oh, nice. Uh, nice. Wound up interview, and I was doing a story about you know Chicagoans awaiting Jordan's return. Dave Wanstek gave me a great quote. Gene Siskel was, was that pretty the funny night about that it. Andy Selig and then, drove you home. No, that was another night. <laughs> that was another night. And uh, anyway, so Brad Palmer and I interviewed Krauss on the uh, possibility of Jordan uh, coming back. Oh, wow, that's yeah. pretty exclusive, man. The yeah, New York yeah. Times. All yeah, right. No, okay. I remember. I remember. I, you know, Krauss did have an ego because I remember him saying to Brad Palmer, "Well, do you mind if I go put on a coat? You know, if it, wow. before he went on camera. You know, so." All right, Dan Dorfman. So, what I really just uh, wanted was that story about Jerry Cross chopping your head off. Okay, well, yeah. that, that's all. That's all we really wanted for this podcast. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank that you, was gr- Dan. That was great. Bye, Dorfman. Bye, bye, buddy. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya, buddy. All right, that definitely went awry. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Especially the part where David Halberstam dies on a cart. <laughs> I didn't even know David Halberstam was dead. I totally forgot. Yeah, well, Dan's reminded me recently, so I was I was up on it. It's a thing, apparently. All right. Well, gentlemen. Is that it? I think that's going to do it for us. I appreciate Sweet. you guys coming on, but next week I want to do it again. Okay, Dan. Do we keep the podcast train rolling or do we got to go? We can keep it rolling if you want. I don't what? care. I thought you were wrapping it up. No, Whatever I meant you need, next Dan. week. I'm thinking Thank next you so week. Much for having us. I learned a lot. What did you learn? I didn't learn anything, but I had fun. I learned that Dan Levy thinks that Reggie Miller and Larry Bird have bad shooting styles. Yeah, that's not true. I, le- I did learn that, and I learned I learned, uh, I learned, a lot from, from Dorfman. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Well, what I learned is that you guys both think that Larry Bird and Reggie Miller have really good shooting forms. <laughs> I learned that when Mark Carmen is upset with me, he just screams my name out for no reason at all over and over and over again. Got and up. apparently hidden deep within his brain are a lot of Elton Brand stats, which I had no idea even existed. <laughs> the stats. Grody, did I, did I, did I, did I peel a scab that I didn't even know existed? I never knew I would get such Elton Brand shots thrown right well, at me. Well, honestly, it, was, it came on both sides. Your love, your over love of Elton Brand and maybe Carm's uh, inside knowledge of what he did or did not mean to the team. Records were ready to go at the top of his brain. Okay. Or I Googled it. Hey, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks for having me, Dan. Marco, good to be with you. Carmel, I'll talk to you soon, bud. Gentlemen, if people wanted to get a hold of you, where would they go to get you? Well, you can get a hold of me on Twitter, at Mark Grody Sports, and I'm always on the score randomly. You're always on the score randomly. I like that. Always, always randomly, because those two words fit. Fantastic. Now, Mark Carmen, I guess I could promote your podcast, even though you'll never hear me on it. You'll get everybody else. You'll get Tom Dore. You'll get a Brian Beto. And that's really about it. 
the Windy City Podcast. Thank you, Dan. Uh, at the Carm, great Twitter. Be my 8,106th follower, unless I've lost a couple in the last couple of minutes, because every time I tweet, I do lose followers. I do too, man. Is it? I Are you really? It's just me. Yeah. It's a terrible feeling. It's hey, a weird thing. thing. It's an thing. What did I? What did I say? What did I do? Why did I just lose five Twitter followers? Yeah. You know what? Well, the last one, somebody called me a hack, all because I took a uh, shot in the dark and said that I did not say there was a conspiracy theory. But there is people that would say that the conspiracy theory did not go away just because someone said it didn't exist. People automatically think that I think there's a conspiracy about Dan, Jordan I got retiring. An, I got, Levy, you I got an issue with you on that, buddy. You um, you got an issue with me. I got an issue with you. I, I'm, I was a little bit like uh, surprised in you. You deleted that stuff. I didn't delete it. You didn't? Oh, it was still there? No, no, podcast, it's there. I don't know. Oh, okay. Because I remember you talking about it. You said something to me like, was that harsh? And I said, nah. And then you said, is that, is that what we're talking about, that one? Yeah, we're talking about the guy who called me a hack. No, 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 I didn't delete anything. Oh, okay, never mind. The only thing I deleted was mentions of Slim Buller, that one podcast. That's about it. Why'd you have to delete that? What happened? <laughs> well, it kind of veered off course a little bit between me and Carmen and I guess my points weren't coming across the way I wanted it to. So, Ooh, tell we, me more. We went a different direction. No, that's okay for now. But I do think Slim Buller should have his own documentary. If it's True TV that has to do it, if it's Spike TV, I don't know if, if the uh, director, Jason Hare, wants to go in and tackle Slim Buller. But I think that one, that guy who could pull off $57,000 worth of gambling from Jordan, who doesn't look like he's ever played golf in his life, I want to know about. Where is he? Where is Slim Bowler now? Oh, again, that's the question. Okay. There's a lot of questions I have for Slim Bowler. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I'm going to keep this train rolling next week if you guys are down. I'm in. See you next week, Dan. Later, guys. Bye.